Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 97.1 FM The Drive presents the Behind the Song Podcast. Taking you deeper into classic rock's most timeless tunes. Here's your host, Janda. Behind the Song is powered by DuPage Credit Union. If you're anything like my husband and I, spending this much time at home has made us think of all the home renovations we want to do. And with home equity loan rates the lowest they've been in years, it's the perfect time to kickstart your home renovations and talk to the experts at DuPage Credit Union. Whether you're looking for a fixed-rate home equity loan or a HELOC, they make it so simple to get the funds you need fast. For credit costs and terms or to apply, visit DuPageCU.com. That's DuPageCU.com. DuPage Credit Union is an equal housing opportunity lender. NMLS number 445096. By member's choice, this institution is not federally insured. Rock and roll is rich in collaborations. Some that last years, even decades. And some that are here and then gone. A brief flame that burned and then burned out just as quickly. One of the greatest collaborations in rock, one of rock's first supergroups, lasted only a few months. But the music created by this group continues to be as arresting now as it was in 1969, when Blind Faith made a little masterpiece with their one and only self-titled album. And what a coming together of immense talent Blind Faith was. English to the core. The personnel reads like a who's who list, beginning with guitar hero Eric Clapton, himself no stranger to collaborations, beginning with his stint in the Yardbirds and then in the highly influential John Mayall and the Blues Breakers, and then of course in Cream, his trio with powerhouse drummer Ginger Baker and bassist Jack Bruce. Their three albums were incredible. Fresh Cream, Disraeli Gears, and Wheels of Fire, which was the very first double album to ever go platinum when it was released, by the way. Their fourth album, appropriately titled Goodbye, was released in 1968. By then, infighting and cream, especially between the volatile Ginger Baker and the headstrong Bruce, led to Clapton coming to the decision that he either recruit some new blood into the trio or disband the group completely. Enter vocalist, keyboardist, and multi-instrumentalist songwriter Steve Winwood to the scene. Formerly the teen frontman for the Spencer Davis group, Winwood had also been a part of the short-lived group Eric Clapton and the Powerhouse, a 1966 one-off that first paired Clapton and Winwood together, before Winwood joined the band Traffic. The first two Traffic albums, their debut, Mr. Fantasy, and their second self-titled album immediately made them a cult classic and a commercial success. But by 1969, the band split apart due to artistic and lifestyle differences, and Winwood found himself pairing up with Clapton again for what would become the foundation of Blind Faith. Winwood with his jazzy, blue-eyed soul and progressive rock sensibilities, and Clapton, a blues purist, both found themselves without a band, 
and began jamming together. Unsure of anything other than the fact that they were obviously beginning to write songs in those jam sessions. Then, unannounced and uninvited, Ginger Baker began to show up at their rehearsals. Winwood was excited to have Baker join their newfound group, Clapton less so at first due to the tensions he had just experienced with Baker in Cream, but he eventually came around to it. Blind Faith was complete when bassist Rick Gretsch of the band Family was recruited. He had played with both Winwood and Clapton previously during their respective turns in the Spencer Davis group and John Mayles Blues Breakers. Blind Faith was now a four-piece, and they were about to turn the British music press inside out, merely by coming together. And really, the whispering had already begun before the band even began to record their new material in earnest. It was exactly what Eric Clapton had cautioned against by allowing Ginger Baker into the group. The oversized reputations of them all, he feared, would overshadow the music that they were creating. In a move that would further create tensions in blind faith, Winwood and Clapton had their respective managers co-manage the band. Chris Blackwell for Winwood, who also owned the Island Records label, of which Winwood was a centerpiece at the time, and Robert Stigwood for Clapton, each manager coming at the strategy for handling this new supergroup in different ways. Stigwood, in particular, saw dollar signs and wanted the band to start touring right away, exactly what the band didn't want. They had formed in hopes of getting off of the cycle of promotion in their previous groups and wanted nothing more than to have time to perfect the songs they were working on. But they were rushed through their recording sessions in London's Olympic studio and did not have the kind of time they wanted to fully complete the material for their debut. It was a rushed job, all because of managerial greed, the opposite of what Clapton and the rest of the band had wanted to get out of the collaboration. But onward their managers went with their plans, and in February of 1969, Blind Faith was announced to the press. Clapton said the name was chosen because by that time, everyone around them was convinced that the band would be successful no matter what. All their handlers practicing blind faith in their inevitable bankability. The name of the band is also the title of the shocking artwork that appeared on the cover of their debut album when it was released in August of 1969. The cover art depicts a young girl, naked from the waist up, with a deadpan expression on her face, holding a silver spaceship on a green field under a blue summertime sky. The cover was created by Bob Seidman, a photographer and artist who was a former flatmate of Clapton's, known for his photos of Janis Joplin and the Grateful Dead. The vision for the art, according to Seidman, was to demonstrate the juxtaposition between innocence and technology, and how technology would, in the future, serve as fuel to artistic creativity. The spaceship in the girl's hand was created by another artist named Mike Milligan, who was a jeweler at the Royal College of Art in London. And it would represent the fruit of the tree of knowledge, while the girl would represent life. Seidman chose an 11-year-old girl named Mariora Goshen to be his model, and her age clearly shows in the image. 
It was and is a scandalous image, with the spaceship being interpreted as phallic by many viewers in the hands of an obviously prepubescent girl. In America, the album was released with an image of a flyer from the band's first concert, instead of the controversial cover art that Sidemen had created. The album art for Blind Faith's first and only album is still regarded as one of the most iconic, if uncomfortable, album covers in all of rock's history. The girl, Mariora Goshen, was reportedly paid 40 pounds for her contribution. And about that first Blind Faith concert that I mentioned. Spurred on by the desire to cash in on touring and concerts by their management, Blind Faith played at London's Hyde Park on the 7th of June in 1969 in front of 100,000 screaming fans dying to see this new supergroup in the flesh. Just a month later, the band's first and only album was released and immediately topped the charts in the UK and in the US. It sold over a half a million copies in the first month of its release, and it did another thing that the managers foresaw with all their pushing forward. It increased the sales of Cream and Traffic albums as well. The business end of Blind Faith was pleased, even if all the musicians weren't. They were promptly shuttled off to tour in Scandinavia and in the U.S., where Clapton became more and more withdrawn, disappointed with the material that they were performing on tour. He complained that their sets were subpar because they didn't even have enough material to create an hour-long set. This forced the band to incorporate hits from Cream, Traffic, and other covers into their sets in order to give paying customers a real concert, which further irritated Clapton in particular. While touring the U.S., he began to spend more and more time with the group's opening act, Delaney and Bonnie, which ultimately led to his leaving Blind Faith and moving on to his next project, Derek and the Dominoes. Blind Faith's last tour stop was in August of 1969 in Hawaii, and afterward, Clapton and Winwood decided to disband the group. The whole affair lasted less than nine months. But during the recording sessions, the band did in fact create songs that would endure forever, lifted into a rarefied air because of the caliber of songwriting and the musicianship that the four formed when they became Blind Faith. One of those songs pierced through the mindset of the culture at large in 1969, a time when the days of free love were coming to a close, and the darkness of what lay ahead, the disillusionment with the Vietnam War, the rise of serial killers like the Manson family, the infatuation with the previously unknown that rose with the first moon landing, student demonstrations, civil rights demonstrations, the hangover from the high times of the 60s was about to descend and all the chaos that would soon shake up the 70s was on the horizon. The second track on Blind Faith's album, Can't Find My Way Home, hit like a prayer, a kind of comforting balm against the sheer angst of the time in its lyrics, a search for a different kind of truth or self-discovery embedded in its short lines. Steve Winwood wrote this song, and the lyrics go like this. Come down off your throne and leave your body alone. Somebody must change. You are the reason I've been waiting so long. Somebody holds the key. 
And then the unforgettable chorus. But I'm near the end, and I just ain't got the time. And I'm wasted, and I can't find my way home. In 1969, so many young listeners were finding that they were waking up from a kind of a fever dream of exploration and experimentation with free love, social norms, and drugs. The world was changing, and they could feel it. Winwood sang the lines that they could relate to, either literally being wasted and not being able to find one's way home, or spiritually, the song made the experience of going through a period of self-realization, like so many people did by 1969, feel more okay. It did what the best songs always do, which is to offer up a mirror for the listener to look through and filter the scenes of his or her own life in upon further reflection. And it continues. Come down on your own and leave your body alone. Somebody must change. You are the reason I've been waiting all these years. Somebody holds the key. And the chorus again. But I'm near the end, and I just ain't got the time. And I'm wasted, and I can't find my way home. I think it's so important that in the first verse, Winwood sings, Come down off your throne and leave your body alone. And by the second verse, he's singing, Come down on your own and leave your body alone. It says a lot about the process of coming to a realization about oneself. If you are doing something that you need to stop doing, you must first humble yourself against the power of it and acknowledge its power over you in order to move on. When he sings, somebody holds the key, that somebody is you. It's a song about empowerment that comes from embracing our own vulnerability, maybe the biggest power move that we as humans can possibly make to fully know oneself, and through that knowing, to find happiness, one way or the other. Winwood sings the lines, but I can't find my way home, over and over as the song ends. And toward the very end of the song, he sings, and I ain't done nothing wrong, but I can't find my way home. Now that's a powerful thing to inject, the idea that even though we're lost, we're not necessarily bad. And that's why the song feels so comforting to listen to, even now. These lines, sung in Winwood's falsetto voice, between Ginger Baker's jazzy drumming, Rick Gretsch's bass, and Eric Clapton playing an acoustic guitar, which he rarely did then, created a song so special that it still sounds current over 50 years later. One wonders what would have happened if this band had been given the time they wanted to complete their music. There are only six songs on the Blind Faith album, and one of those, well, all right, is a Buddy Holly cover. While excellent, the two standouts on the album are Can't Find My Way Home and Presence of the Lord, which Clapton wrote and continued to perform after the breakup of Derek and the Dominoes when he finally became a solo artist. Ginger Baker, Winwood, and Gretsch formed a band called Air Force, but then Winwood eventually returned to his previous band, Traffic, and ultimately became a successful solo artist as well. He and Clapton have continued to perform together throughout the years, including in early 2020, 
when they performed a selection of Blind Faith songs in London in a tribute to Ginger Baker, who passed away in 2019 after years of struggling with heart and lung issues after decades of drug abuse. Rick Gretsch stepped away from the music business in the late 1970s and reportedly became a carpet salesman before succumbing to liver failure brought on by his longtime addiction to alcohol at age 44 in 1990. Can't Find My Way Home has been covered by Joe Cocker, Styx, Alison Krauss, and many more. It continues to find its way into sets by artists coming from all genres of music, a song that will no doubt continue to inspire future generations of musicians to interpret its meaning and its feeling. Even though Blind Faith lasted for less than a year, this truly timeless tune will always be the high watermark for one of rock's best collaborations. And to us listeners, it will always be there to turn to when we can't find our way home. I'm Janda, and this has been Behind the Song. Special thanks to Christian Lane for the music you hear on this podcast. Subscribe to the Behind the Song podcast on YouTube and see the video episodes. And follow the Behind the Song podcast on TikTok. If you have a song you'd like to hear more about in an upcoming episode, just drop me a note in the comments and let me know. On the way, episodes about lyrics from Elton John, Yes, Genesis, and more classic rock and roll. Behind the Song is powered by DuPage Credit Union. If you're anything like my husband and I, spending this much time at home has made us think of all the home renovations we want to do. And with home equity loan rates the lowest they've been in years, it's the perfect time to kickstart your home renovations and talk to the experts at DuPage Credit Union. Whether you're looking for a fixed-rate home equity loan or a HELOC, they make it so simple to get the funds you need fast. For credit costs and terms or to apply, visit DuPageCU.com. That's DuPageCU.com. DuPage Credit Union is an equal housing opportunity lender. NMLS number 445096. By Members' Choice, this institution is not federally insured.